Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Glory to God. Awesome. All right, you can grab your seats. We're going to get straight into the Word of God. The title of this morning's message is Language of the Spirit. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. By the way, I'm excited about the double services. Very, very excited. It's going to bring some change. It's going to be quite, seem like a dramatic change somewhat, but a change that is necessary because the Australian mandate which Fire Church is supporting is 100,000 souls. And Fire Church is, uh, has committed to uh, taking responsibility for 1,000 of those 100,000 souls. And so if we're going to go after this vision of 1,000 souls, we need more seats in here, right? So hence the double services. And I honestly believe we're going to go from 300 regular weekly uh, attendees to 3,000 uh, in pretty quick time over the next few years. As Chelsea said, often... What I see in the Spirit does come to pass, and I honestly believe if we keep pressing and uh, stay on track and continue to inspire one another, keep striking the ground and not just settle, we're going to see 3,000 people. Uh, we're going to need a different building, but we're going to see 3,000 people attending on a regular basis, and, uh, and it's going to be amazing because Jesus is King, and He wants the masses saved. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. And we're going to get straight into it. Now concerning spiritual gifts, everyone say spiritual gifts. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Everyone say, but by the Holy Ghost. So what Paul's saying here is that uh, he's, he's teaching the Corinthian church about the spiritual gifts. He's uh, reminding them not to get carried away like they did with dumb idols and being led by demonic spirits, but rather be led of the Holy Spirit. And uh, one way to know whether someone's being led by the Holy Spirit and not by a dumb idol or by a demonic spirit is that they're going to give glory to Jesus. Amen? And that we move in signs and wonders not to bring glory to ourselves or glory to anything else, but glory to God. It's the goodness of God made manifest that leads to repentance. And, uh, and we want to see people worshiping Jesus. Amen? So there is a counterfeit. But there's also the real deal. There's also the real thing. And we want to make sure that we're following the real thing. The counterfeit can be quite tricky. And that's why we need to know the Word of God. Amen? So we're going to touch on that a little bit today. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to be uh, emphasizing the prophetic, hence the term language of the Spirit. And I think it's quite fitting considering that one of the focal points this year for Fire Church is to be eternity, is to have eternity on our mind, on, our, on the forefront of our mind, but also the prophetic or uh, prophecy or understanding the office of prophet. Okay, does that make sense? So let's keep reading 
verse 3 again, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now this is the next part. I want you to do a little bit of highlighting or, or write down certain points over the next few scriptures uh, because it's uh, very important. Verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts. Everyone say diversities. You can underline that. Diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Our God's a diverse God. Each and every one of us has a unique makeup, a DNA makeup. We have, each and every one of us has unique fingerprints, for example. And uh, God is diverse. He doesn't do things the same way, if you haven't noticed already. And I like the diversity, and I like the difference, and I like that he's so creative and amazing. And he wants us to also be diverse and celebrate the differences and the diversity, particularly amongst our body. I love body, meaning the church. I love the differences and expressions when I look out over the global church, the wider church, and see the way that people do things and see the way they express this, themselves, see the way that they hear from God in a different way. They, uh, they activate or they release even prophetic words differently in different places. And so there's not really a method. I don't believe we should trap ourselves or put ourselves in a, in a box and say, this is the method, this is the way it must happen, this is the way that we hear from God, this is the way that we do things. That methods kind of lead us into re dead religion. And we want to stay away from dead religion. Amen. When you say to the person next to you, stay away from dead religion. I mean, you look at the life of Jesus and like anyone that likes methods. Now, there's nothing wrong with methods as long as you don't begin to say this is the only method. My way is the way. Everyone else is wrong. That's when we start to get in a little bit of trouble. Amen? I've been down that tr train of thought before. Trust me, it's... It's an empty road. But Jesus showed us that uh, there are many different ways to heal the sick, for example. Yeah. Amen? It wasn't just one way. It wasn't just one method. And it's the same with hearing from God. There are many different ways to hear from God. Understanding the language of the Spirit. There are diversities in the way He speaks to us. Amen? Um, which is really interesting and really fun. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today. Let's keep reading. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Paul just kind of wrapped up what I just said there in two sentences. He's better at it. Uh, there's different ways to administer what you hear from God, but it's the same Spirit. Amen? Diversities in administrations. Verse 6, and there are diversities of operations, the way we operate in the Holy Spirit. The way that we administer, the way that we hear, the way that we operate, it can be different, but it's the same spirit. How do we know that? We're giving God the glory. Jesus is Lord. Amen? And we're pointing to Jesus, the one who saves. So verse 6, there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all. Everyone say all in all. All gifts in all people. All of us have access to the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, in the church context, in the corporate setting, such as a meeting like this, we might not all get to prophesy. Because if everyone prophesied, we'd probably have no time for the teaching or for the healing or for the encouragement or the fellowship. We'd just all be prophesying nonstop. And so that's why Paul brings some order in regards to the use of the gifts of the Spirit in the public meetings. Do you understand that? That's really important. You understand the context of that when you're reading chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, when Paul teaches on the gifts of the Spirit. But here we see that God works all gifts in all people. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, or to profit everybody. Everyone say, manifestation of the Spirit. What does that mean? To make known or to reveal. So the Holy Spirit, even though we can't see God, and often people stumble at this. They think, well, I'll believe God if I can see Him. But we can't see the Holy Spirit because it's a spiritual thing, right? In the same way we can't see the wind, we can't see electricity. But we see the manifestation of the wind or we see the manifestation or we feel sometimes the manifestation of the wind and we can see it and it's the same with the Holy Spirit. You can't see the Holy Spirit in the natural eyes but often we can see the manifestation of the Spirit, the effects of of the Holy Spirit, the effects of the presence of God when God is present. Who's had those goosebumps? Who's had those, that warm feeling, that fire feeling, that, that feeling of electricity go through their body? Who has seen uh, someone prophesy sharply and accurate uh, things that they would have not known in the natural? It was supernatural knowledge released. Who's ever seen that? Who has seen someone that has had an incurable disease or someone that has had a long-term uh, ailment or condition healed just like that through the laying on of hands? Okay, keep your hands up if you've seen, uh, just, just a couple of quick examples. Now, any skeptics, look around real quick. Keep those hands up. Uh, evidence that God is present, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the same way if the wind is blowing, the trees, the leaves are moving. You can feel it on your body. And you can argue all day, well, I can't see the wind. I don't know if it's real or not. Dude, look around. It's windy today. Okay? We don't need to have a debate about that. God's real. Amen? And the Holy Spirit wants to be made manifest. And the gifts of the Spirit are one way to do that. We can release the Holy Spirit through our life like a river. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen? Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Everyone say every man. Not gender specific. Every person. To profit everybody or to profit with all. Verse 8, for the one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, highlight that one, everyone say prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh all worketh that one and the self, same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. All right. So I'm highlighting prophecy. 
we're going to talk about the language of the Spirit. How do we prophesy? First of all, we need to hear what God is saying. Amen? Before we can prophesy, before we can speak about a future event, before we can allow God to manifest in that fashion, we first need to know how to hear from God. Okay? There are many ways to hear from God. The language of the Spirit is very broad. It's not just limited to English. It's not just limited to other national languages. The language of the Spirit is very, very broad. And I want to talk about that today. This is something that I'm learning in my own life. This is something that I'm unpacking. And it's the first time that I've taught on this subject. And so hopefully together we can go on this journey. It's a fun journey of learning the language of the Spirit and developing our vocab, if you like, around the subject of the language of the Spirit, okay? So why is prophecy so important? Let's look at Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Amos 3.7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. There are many different ways that God speaks to us. And just to name a couple, the Bible. Yeah? The Bible's a good start. God speaks to us through the Word of God. In fact, the Bible's not only a starting place, it's our foundation. The Bible's the start, the middle, and the end. It's everything. And when we hear from God, in other ways, because as I said, the language of the Spirit is broad. When we hear from God in other ways, we must always filter the other way through the Word of God to make sure we are indeed hearing from the Holy Spirit and not some other spirit, like Casper the ghost. We don't want that one. All right, we want to hear from the Holy Spirit. So the Bible, it's really important that you know the Word of God, that you're daily in the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, and everything that we do needs to line up, match up with the written Word of God. Peter said this in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, he said, There is no more sure prophecy than the Scripture, than the Logos, than the written Word of God. There's nothing more sure than what has already been spoken through the Bible. But let me tell you that the Bible is the language of the Spirit, or it's a part of the language of the Spirit. It's not separate from. They're one. The Bible is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Every word, every word is given by inspiration of God. So a Bible is a part of the language of the Spirit, and certainly the most important aspect of the language of the Spirit. If you're in agreement with me, give me an amen. I'd like to hear an amen about that one. Now, if we read the Bible, we find out that dreams and visions is something that God loves to use in a consistent way. 
Right from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see dreams and visions being a big part of the language of the Spirit. This place was birthed as a result of consecutive dreams. Fire Church started on May the 14th, exactly the date and the place, the why and the how, all of those details started as a result of God speaking to me through consecutive dreams on consecutive nights, specific details. And now we're starting to kind of unpack the deeper meaning, perhaps, behind the date of May 14. Did you know that May 14 was also the date that Israel was reestablished? From my understanding, it's also the day of Pentecost. All of those details I did not understand at the time when we started. Some of this is beginning to be unpacked now. Did you know it's the 70-year anniversary this year of the nation of Israel being reestablished? Established, and if some of you guys understand end times eschatology, how important Israel is in the context of the Christian community, you'll start to think, man, God's up to something, and it just happens to be 70 year anniversary, the year that we're doing the awakening, all this stuff. We're just starting to piece all these bits together because what we're doing is we're interpreting the language of the Spirit, and we are beginning to realize that these things aren't coincidence, it's a God incidence. Amen. And so we're interpreting God incidences, if that's a word, and we're understanding and we're unpacking the language of the Spirit. Amen? Who thinks that's fun? Learning to hear from God. Uh, In Revelations, it says that His voice is like many waters. And so His voice, when He speaks, it has many layers, revelation, many layers of revelation. And sometimes He'll say something we don't unpack or fully understand the depth of what he's saying or the fullness of what he's saying until later on further on down the track yeah but it's exciting so I want to say to you have ears to hear when Jesus spoke to the seven churches he addressed them and said he who has ears to hear let them hear what the spirit is saying to the church amen So we need ears to hear, spiritual ears, and eyes to see what God is doing in this hour. Amen? Sometimes you'll speak through an audible voice. Everyone say audible. What does that mean? Out loud. You'll literally hear him in the English language or in whatever language is relevant to you. Uh, He can speak if he wants to out loud. My wife, for example, was... Uh, delivered of a long-term alcohol addiction. She abused alcohol, drank every day, and it was on St. Patrick's Day (laughs) in a country pub, Bunyip, where we now have a church, actually. We have a church plant in Bunyip in this little country town. And uh, she had been awakened to God, but yet she still had this addiction. And she was in the Bunyip pub and she'd had six pots, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, seven. She remembers how many. And I remember her saying once, normally by that stage she'd had about 20. So this awakening had actually slowed her down a little bit. But on her seventh pot, she heard the audible voice of God speak. Isn't that amazing? You don't need to be in a church to hear from God. 
He can speak. He's, he's omnipresent. He can, he can do what he wants. He can come into a pub in the darkest of dark places and reveal himself and speak. And so God spoke an audible voice and said, do not forsake me. Real simple. Do not forsake me. And then from that, that just shook her. The fear of the Lord hit her. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And from that point, the chains of addiction broke in Jesus' name. 14 years, and she hasn't had a drop since. 14 years now. Glory to God. I mean, she would shake in the mornings. We're going to pray for people with addictions today in Jesus' name. As I was sharing that prophecy, I just felt in my spirit there are people here with various addictions, and God wants to set you free today. Amen? So after the service, our ministry team is going to pray for you. So audible voice, angels. God uses angels to speak to us. Isn't that awesome? Uh, consistently throughout Scripture and in these modern days, many people have encountered angels, and angels are certainly involved in what we do. Every one of us has an angel, at least one the Bible talks about, and they're called ministering angels. They minister on behalf of God to help us preach the gospel, to help us release the kingdom, demonstrate the kingdom of God, and to protect us. And so angels are active and are a part of what we do on this earth. Isn't that exciting? The unseen realm. The still small voice or peace in our heart. I believe that's another very important one along with the scriptures. You can, you can have dreams, and, but if, the, if it doesn't match that still small voice, that peace, that inner peace in your heart about something, if there's still a check, then don't move ahead. It's got to match up with scripture. It's got to match up with that inner peace. You want all of these things to line up before you move forward with what you feel God is saying. And that's very important too when understanding the prophetic. Even if you get a prophetic word from someone or someone claims it's a prophetic word, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, if it doesn't line up with that peace in your heart, then just put it on the shelf or throw it, right up, throw it away. Encourage them. Say, hey, thanks. And maybe you want to be honest with them if it's really off, off track and out of whack. But, uh, but just be careful. Uh, make sure that you're discerning what really is of God. Amen. God also speaks, I'm just giving a couple, there's, as I said, there's no method, I'm not putting him in a box, but here's some main things. He also speaks through people. And sometimes you might feel like he's silent because he's trying to get you to work with people and so he'll purposely speak through someone else uh, to see whether you'll be open and humble to listen to him through someone else. Uh, one great example of that in Scripture is Moses. Uh, Moses was you know, a, called to be this great leader, but at one point, Moses, uh, God used someone even outside of the covenant. It wasn't even an Is Israelite. He used someone outside of the covenant, gave this guy Jethro this amazing leadership plan and strategy for Moses. Moses spoke to his father-in-law Jethro, and uh, God used Jethro to speak to Moses for that amazing leadership design and plan that many of us still use today. Yeah? And the one I want to talk about now and finish on is what I like to call, and this is what I'm still learning and unpacking, but it's unusual coincidences or God 
incidences. Some call it synchronicity, where things, there's this like synchronicity, things are, are lining up. Some people try to explain it. For example, randomly thinking about someone earlier that day than randomly running into them later that day. Who's ever had something like that happen? You're thinking about something and then bang, you run into them that following day. Now, some of us can say, well, that's coincidence, and it could be, or is there something more to it? Is God using this divine appointment, perhaps, or is he using this coincidence to speak to you about this person? And so I want to encourage you to look a little deeper in your daily life to see if God is speaking through occurrences, through consistent occurrences, perhaps. Synchronicity. I hope I got that word right. Synchronicity. Going to call or text someone, then they call or text at exactly the same time. Who's ever had that? Where you're like, oh yeah, I've got to call that person. And then bang, they're already calling you as you pick up the phone. There's this synchrono, synchronicity taking place. Perhaps it's a coincidence or perhaps God is speaking and highlighting something through that occurrence. Uh, what about this one? Opening your Bible and finding something immediately that is relevant to your present situation. Who said that before? Coincidence or is God using that? what seems to be an unusual coincidence to speak to you and to bring confirmation that this is not just a scripture, but this is a Rima revelation for this moment right now. Some simple little examples that probably many of us have experienced. Maybe some of you have kind of just pushed it away and thought, well, that's an interesting coincidence, but maybe you don't realize God's trying to open your ears and give you ears to hear what the Spirit is saying in that moment. So right now, I want to unpack a couple of things and before I finish and just show you something that's been happening to me lately, something a little trippy, and I'm a little reluctant. I probably wouldn't teach this maybe in some settings, but because we're amongst family and you already know my heart, you'll know, that, uh, you'll, you'll know where I'm coming from with this, okay? So it's the language of the Spirit, synchronicity perhaps. Some of you may call it coincidence, but I am starting to learn that I believe this is a God incidence, okay? So we're going to start with the first photo. There's a guy named Rob DeLuca. Who remembers Rob DeLuca from uh, our recent conference, the fire conference that he had? Now, he's a very, very sharp prophet. Did you know that before Benjamin, the Israeli uh, prime minister, how do you pronounce his surname? Natanyatu. I need some help with English. Thank God for the language of the Spirit. It's beyond English. Uh, but we'll just call him Prime Minister Benjamin for now. Okay, but before he was put in charge, uh, in the height of the Florida outpouring, thousands were coming through, thousands and thousands were coming through. Rob had a specific word for Benjamin and prophesied over God TV live. I found out some details last night. I'll quickly bring it up. There we go. Oh man, we texted a lot last night. Let me just flick that. 
There we go. Dun, 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 dun. Need some elevator music while we wait. Dun, dun. Still going. That was a long conversation. Okay, here we go. So he prophesied and uh, he said it was the anniversary of Israel. He wasn't, uh, Benjamin wasn't even running for his party at that time, uh, which he didn't know. A woman was running for PM representing their party at that time. So he wasn't even the running. There was a woman that was running for their party. Uh, there was a person called Claudio Friedzine. I don't know who that is, maybe never might, was there that night and said he knew Benjamin and he ended up getting the prophetic clip to Benjamin, the live clip. And around two weeks later, uh, sorry, within a couple of months, the lady that was running for that party stepped down and Benjamin stepped in because of that and was elected. It was huge as he was semi-retired at that stage. Benjamin was semi-retired. But the God of Israel had a different plan. And he wrote, let the prophets prophesy in the nations as shaken revivals of birth. So anyway, I, I knew that this guy was sharp. I'd heard about things like that. And he had even pre-prophesied or he prophesied about the Lakeland outpouring where thousands were swept in and many people were saved. And so I wanted to catch up with him and I did. And we caught up in a place in this cafe called Archer. Now for some of you, might think, well, hopefully it was good coffee, but, you know, what's that got to do with anything? And to be honest, when, when Rob first sent me this photo, I was thinking, why are you sending me this photo? We met in this cafe. We talked a little bit about uh, the prophetic, why he's moved to Australia. I wanted to ask him what he was prophetically thinking about revival. I'd heard he'd had dreams when he was in America, and he moved to the Gold Coast because he believes it's Australia's time. He moved his whole family across. So we're having this conversation. Then he started telling me that he had some dreams about fiery arrows. And I'm like, okay, fiery arrows. But that day, I had also been meditating on the chapter of Isaiah 49. And in particular, verse 2, it said, And he had has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of its hand, he has hidden me. And made me a polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. So I've been meditating on that all week. And then when he talked about fiery arrows in the dream, that started to kind of click together. And I started to think, is God, is God speaking to me more about fiery arrows? I mentioned that to Rob, just in conversation. We didn't kind of harp on it too much. But as I left... That meeting, it's my first meeting with me. He thought it was so significant that he sent me a photo of that sign and he felt like it was prophetic. And so now I get a lot of this stuff. So sometimes it's pathetic more than <laughs> prophetic, to be honest. Like there is some fruity stuff out there. All right, we need to be careful. We want to bear fruit, not be fruity. Amen? So see, bear with me. I'm still learning this stuff too, right? My ears are hearing in this in this fashion. So I, I said, oh, cool, man. And that was it. But I, I was meditating on that because I'm more of a word man. So I'm meditating more and more on that chapter because of this. I'm like, God, are you saying, are you talking to me? What are you trying to say through um, Isaiah 49 too? Anyway, let's go to the next photo. So the next day, 
by the way, that was great coffee there. Really good coffee. And I'm like, I want to go back to that place. I, this was in Queensland. Uh, and we were at a prophetic conference. And, uh, and I'm like, I've got to meet Joel Shaw now. And I'm like, Joel, can we meet at this awesome cafe? Not because of the arrow, but because it was just great coffee. And I'm driving there and I had this GPS and I don't know Brisbane all that well. And driving around, the GPS is tripping out, taking me all these wrong roads. And I'm late for the meeting now. And then I said to God, it's great coffee, but I've just got to stop at the next cafe and tell Joel I can't find it. Like, honestly, it was taking 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm going around in circles. The GPS was annoying me. And uh, I was getting quite uh, frustrated. So I said, God, I'm just stopping at the next cafe that I see. And... Uh, and I'm going to ring Joel Shaw because he knows the area and he can just meet me there. So I did. The very next cafe, as I, I literally prayed that prayer, the very next cafe was this one. And I'm like, what are you trying to say, God? Bow and arrow. And it really did catch my attention because I'm still meditating on this 49.2, 49.2 Isaiah. So I'm having this conversation now with Joel and we had this great, Joel Shaw, he's a great pastor over there in Brisbane. So... That caught my attention even more. Now, the next day, we had to fly home. And we'll put the next one up. And uh, now, the reason I took this photo was because I'm sitting down, like, we're at McDonald's. With our, we had our kids with us. And this McDonald's was pretty close to the airport. We had to fill the car up, the hire car, before we took it back and then go to the airport. And we had some time to kill. We were there early. So we're there. There's a playground to the left. Our kids are having fun there. You can see Abigail just here. I'm sitting down reading Isaiah 49.2 and just meditating on these trippy photos now of these last two cafes about the arrow, sitting down. And about now, Esther runs around to the right. And she's like, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Mommy's leading that lady to the Lord. And the lady's crying. So right at this point, she's crying. And so I get my photo out and I think, oh, this is, this is cool. Like, she can't see me, so it's not too weird if I take a photo of it. Just as a memory, this lady's getting saved. It's awesome. Take a photo of it. Honestly, I had no idea what was in the background at the time. I just took a photo because Esther's like, mommy's leading this lady to the Lord. And then when I look a little closer, afterwards, I notice on the left, there's an arrow and it's literally striking her at that point. Can you guys see that arrow? So, synchronicity, coincidence, you're crazy, whatever you want to think. Uh, but it started to, this is really catching my attention now. Two day, three days in a row. And, uh, and so I'm like, God, you, and I'm, I'm literally reading Isaiah 49.2 as this is happening about the arrow of the Lord. Let's go to the next slide. So now we go home, and we had to get home because we we're about to start our conference with John Bevere. And so the next day, I'm now in the green room, and this was still very fresh on my mind. And now I'm really starting to think that this is more, there's more to this than, than what I understand. We're in the green room, and... My brother-in-law, Alex, comes up to me. And by the way, when I was with Rob, he prayed over me and prophesied. And he said, there's a guy 
that you know that's at the moment he's just started helping out with some kind of more administrational stuff, but he's very prophetic. In fact, he's got a very sharp prophetic gift and he's and God's saying you should help him develop in that. And I'm like, when he's prophesying that, I'm thinking, I think he means Alex, my brother-in-law. He's like, he's close to you and giving details. I'm like, okay, cool. I put that in the back of my mind. Anyway, I get in the green room and my brother-in-law, Alex, comes up to me and he's literally like overwhelmed and trembling and actually tearing up a little bit. And he comes up and he says, God told me to give you this necklace. And he doesn't know any of this stuff that's been going on in the last three days. God told me to give you this necklace and he told me to tell you Isaiah 49.2. I'm like, okay, this is, this is too crazy now. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over, over, you know, doubting this now. God is speaking to me. And so ever since God's been unpacking the meaning and I think there's further meaning and development in the arrow. You can see now I was given this two arrow necklace now to one that represents Australia, one that represents Europe. And uh, so I talk about those things because I want to unpack the language of the Spirit. I want to talk about how God wants to speak to us sometimes through unusual coincidences, God incidences. And He wants us to have our ears open, our eyes open to Him speaking through our everyday life. Okay? I want, to, I want to give you a couple of scriptures and then I'm going to call people forward. Isaiah 49.2, He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of His hand He has hidden me and He made me a polished shaft. In His quiver He has hidden me. 2 Kings 13.17, this is the other scripture that God gave me around this unusual way that God was speaking. 2 Kings 13.17, And He said, Open the east window. And He opened it. Then Elijah said, Shoot. And he shot and he said, the arrow of the Lord. Everyone say arrow of the Lord. The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aethek till you have destroyed them. Verse 18. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck the ground five or six times, then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. So God has been talking to me about striking the ground when it comes to outpouring, awakening, revival, this house. We need to learn from this. We are arrows, but we're not to be content. And hence why we're going to double services here. We're not going to be content. We're going to keep striking the ground. We're going to believe. We're going to partner with Awakening, take on 1,000 souls, commit to that to go after it. And God is calling us, I believe, to be an arrow army. Every one of us to be an arrow army that's not just going to go one, two, three. Well, that's pretty good now, but we're going to keep striking the ground, keep striking the ground, and we're going to step into a move of God that is unprecedented like we have never seen before across this nation. And I believe, just like Jeff Jansen prophesied, that Fire Church plays a big part 
and this arrow army. He's had this congregation, this people group, kind of tucked away in a corner for some time. But I believe it's like he's been polishing us and preparing us in his quiver. But now he's pulling us out and he's releasing us into the nation, into our families, into our workplace, wherever we can to release the kingdom of God. Amen. So I want to call people forward. If, if you feel that this is speaking to you, that you believe that you're called to the Arrow Army, you want to take this on. You want to be used by God as a weapon in these last days. You don't just want to sit down, come on Sunday, play church, but you want to be the church to the people around you. You want to see God released in your life. I believe now is your time. I want to call you forward very soon. A couple of other unusual coincidences that have been taking place prophetically. I want to unpack some things. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied about the end time, the last end time move of God. How many people have heard that? He released that in Sydney many years ago. I believe that we're stepping into the beginnings of that prophetic word. When we were in Orange for our first pre-awakening event, we were doing an interview with a local pastor asking about this prophetic word of Smith Wigglesworth. And we said, and he began to talk about how Smith had actually visited this regional place in New South Wales called Orange. And, and he began to talk about miracles that took place in Orange. It was the beginning of his national tour. And as we are talking, and we're actually filming this, Maddie was with us, we're filming this. I said, what, what day or what year was he here? And he didn't know. And I said, let's Google it. Let's stop the video for a minute. Google it so we can give the proper information over the, over the video, over the film. Guess what date Smith Wigglesworth was in Orange. It was the same day that we were there that day. We stood on the spot that someone got out of a wheelchair, one of the most notable miracles that he did in that city on the streets in Orange. It was the anniversary. We went to the actual place that he preached and we prayed for people in that place. Someone got healed of a neck condition in that place on the anniversary that Smith Wigglesworth was there. Some of you might be saying, well, so what? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I'm starting to realize that that's, that's the language of the Spirit. Not only was it cool that we're there on the anniversary, but I believe that He is saying something in that moment. It's not a coincidence that you're there on that day. God is saying, I'm putting you there to show you that, to open your ears to say, now is the time. What He prophesied is for now. The next pre-awakening event, we are at the victory room at the Etihad Stadium. Who was there for that? Rewind a little bit. I was talking to my wife earlier this year. And I said to her, I have this sense that Billy Graham is going to die on a significant day this year. You can ask her. That is sense. Just that, that was like an inner sense, not from the language of the, that type of language of the Spirit, just this inner impression. 
that I felt Billy Graham, I mean, he's pretty old, so he was due to die, but I felt like specifically that he was going to die on a, on a specific, a very important day, and it was going to mean something. His death was going to mean something. So we are at the Victory Room. We're talking to leaders about this Etihad Stadium event. And of course, we know Billy Graham was famous for stadium events. He died that day that we were there doing the pre-event. Are you with me? Someone sends me a text message. I didn't realize that over the last five or six years, there's been a number of prophetic words that have been released saying that when Oral Roberts dies and then when Billy Graham dies, that's going to be the sign of the start of the greatest move of God that we have ever seen in this world, in this nation. And so that night, someone flicked me a text message of Benny Hinn five years ago, pointing at the camera and says, when Billy Graham dies, that's the sign. language of the Spirit. The prophetic is very important. Now I'm going to quickly go back to Amos 3.7 and it may bring more importance to this scripture right now with everything that I've said. Amos 3.7, surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. The prophets have spoken. It's been revealed. We're unpacking it. Did you know before the Israelites came out of exile in the book of Daniel, Daniel first recognized, he interpreted the prophetic word that Jeremiah had earlier. He interpreted that it was now 70 years, it was coming into the 70 years of the time that they were supposed to be in exile and he realized that they're now coming into the prophetic time of their breakthrough, the prophetic time of their release. They were coming into the 70 year anniversary. And as a result, Daniel recognized the language of the spirit, the prophetic, and he committed to pray and fast to co-labor with God because we can hear what God is saying, but that is supposed to inspire us to say, we're gonna pray, we're gonna fast, and we're gonna believe to see this thing come to pass. And that's what Daniel did. And that's why he committed to the 21-day fast because he recognized the language of the Spirit concerning the 70-year anniversary. 70-year anniversary this year for the establishment of Israel. Is that a coincidence? Are all these things a coincidence? You can't make this stuff up, man. Will you believe with us? One of the reasons that we're crazy enough to hire a stadium that's gonna cost over $1.7 million is not because we think in the natural it's possible, but because we think God's speaking. We think He's speaking. We know He's speaking. And I know that He's calling us to be His arrows in His quiver. And He wants to release every one of us to be used in this day. Will you say yes to Him? Will you commit to co-laboring with God and say, I believe the prophetic words. I believe your voice. I believe this is what you want to do. But now I want to warfare. I want to commit to prayer and fasting just like Daniel did.
I want to invite you to come forward. If that's you right now in Jesus' name. If you're here for the first time, or even if you don't know God, I want you to come forward and say, look, I don't understand all this stuff, but I know something's going on right now. I want to know Jesus. I want you to come forward. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.